I asked you to rate the quality of belonging that exists within your school, yeah, we could think about the staff, but in this case, I want you to think about your students. To what extent do they really feel like they belong to your school, belong to the classrooms, the diverse in different school experiences that they have throughout the day? Obviously, with a greater sense of belonging, kids can navigate you know, who they are, take risks, be open-minded and curious, and essentially learn more at the end of the day. Belonging is where it's at. And today we're going to do a deep dive and talk about how Cultured Kids, a nonprofit that I am super excited to bring their story and the founder, Michelle Goldschlag's story, to you today. Hey, it's Daniel, and welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, the show for ruckus makers, those out-of-the-box leaders making change happen in education. And we'll be right back after these messages from our show sponsors. Learn how to recruit, develop, retain, and inspire outstanding individuals and teams to deliver on the vision of your school in leading people. A certificate in school management and leadership course from Harvard. Leading People runs from February 2nd to March 2nd, 2022. Apply by January 21st. Get started at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. Better Leaders, Better Schools is brought to you by school leaders like Principal Gutierrez using TeachFX. Special populations benefit the most from verbally engaging in class, but get far fewer opportunities to do so than their peers, especially in virtual classes. TeachFX measures verbal engagement automatically in virtual or in-person classes to help schools and teachers address these issues of equity during COVID. Learn more and get a special offer from Better Leaders, Better Schools listeners at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning, whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. Well, hello, Ruckus Makers. I'm joined today by a colleague and a friend. So this is super fun to record with Michelle Goldschlag, who is the co-founder and CEO of Cultured Kids, a nonprofit organization that believes a student's sense of belonging is the primary catalyst for their success. In her six years at the helm, Cultured Kids has partnered with schools and community organizations in Northern Virginia and the metro Boston area, as well as provide consulting services for international museums and global organizations like the Holistica Foundation in Brazil. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Danny. It's been a couple years that I've been listening to you, and uh, it's nice to finally be able to join you. That is pretty cool. It should be the goal of uh, every ruckus maker listening to join me on the podcast at some point. That's a bit of a dream of mine, right? Just to hear how people uh, have listened and taken action on ideas, right? And have grown. So, uh, 
I'm not saying that tongue in cheek. Like I, I mean that if you're a ruckus maker listening and you want to join me, reach out. Yeah, don't, uh, I was just going to say, don't take as long to do it as I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's there's a lot going on there. Sometimes I know that like, I just did a book launch party. So this is going to release, the book would be out, the book launch. You were there. So thank you for being there. That was great to see a friendly face, you know, in the crowd. I was so nervous. I don't know if you could tell or not. And honestly, the whole event was over by the time I just started feeling comfortable, to be, to be honest. And uh, so Thursday, the second book launch party is going to be so much easier. But uh, anyways, that was my experience. So, yeah. <laughs> For the sake of being completely candid here, I had yeah. every intention of going and did not make it. <laughs> So I don't want to take the credit for that because I actually didn't make it. Well, then who the heck was I looking at that I thought it was you? I have no idea. That's strange. <laughs> a, doppel, okay. a doppelganger, I guess. Man, I could have swear. Because, well, then I'm glad I didn't. I'm, I'm, this is awesome that it's on the recording because people are, are people are just going to be like, this dude is crazy. <laughs> I, almost, I almost texted you and said, can we set up a call to let me know how it went? So I, I wonder mm. if like, I wonder if I just made you appear in my mind. You know what I mean? Like, I totally thought you were there. <laughs> Literally, after this recording, I was going to ask you, what do you think was the best part about it and stuff? Because mm. I wanted feedback from people I trust. So that's the leadership tip, though, in all this uh, messiness of the beginning of our show. The leadership tip is you should have a square squad of people whose opinions matter to you. And uh, Michelle's opinions matter to me. And so I was going to ask her about the book launch party, but she wasn't even there. And I totally thought you were there. That is weird. I wish I was. I wish I was. Okay. Well, let's make the show about you and not how weird I am. I just wanted to highlight from your bio. I love that you talk about students' sense of belonging as the catalyst for their success. That really resonates. That resonates with me quite a bit. And maybe we could start there. Like, why does, why is belonging such a big deal in a catalyst for student success? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say for starters, there's a personal connection in my history and just feeling like I have that lack of belonging. And that comes out of school changes and moves from small Catholic to large private. It comes out of being from a family of six kids and not always feeling like I fit in there. But I think that lack of belonging can lead to a lot of challenges and the opposite of that and having students really feel like they have somebody to trust, fit in, talk to is going to not only support their academic success, but also help them to thrive when it comes to like their social and emotional well-being. Uh, so considering everything that we're asking of students now in schools and everything that they're challenged with at home and especially with the current pandemic, I think that sense of belonging should be like primary number one thing to focus on at this point. I am fortunate to have that sense of belonging in your mastermind, Danny. And it took me a while to get into that as well. But um, really over the past couple months to, well, it's been almost a year probably, but a lot of, yeah. of my growth in this facing your fears and doing things you never expected you would do comes out of working with you. So Anyway, thank you for that. <laughs> pleasure. It's my pleasure. It's great to face fears. You know, I want I want people to uh, stretch and do things that feel scary because, you know, I, the way I describe it, it's uh, it's a coin. It, it's the same. It's just all about framing how you want to look at a situation, right? And so you can 
you can uh, be obsessed and focused on the fear, right? And the scary parts of things. But if you flip that coin over, that's like the excitement, the thrill, the results, you know, and how you feel after you accomplish stuff. And so it's just helping you, you know, see the other side of it. And you're, um, you're modeling that right now, being on the podcast, congrats. And then, you know, we're working on some stuff behind the scenes, uh, which I'm really excited for you and for Cultured Kids. So you, you kind of touched on, you know, just moving around from different schools and that kind of thing. And, uh, why belonging is so, so important. But I'm wondering if there's a story there that you'd, you'd want to share with the ruckus maker listening to. I don't know if it was a moment or a series of moments, but talk about doing things scary. Like you've co-founded and you're the CEO of a nonprofit, right? A lot of people have ideas, but you actually took action. What, what was the catalyst? Like what made you take action and found Cultured Kids? Uh, I did have two other sort of failed businesses prior to Cultured Kids starting when we were living in the Boston area. Growing up with five siblings in upstate New York, white middle class neighborhood, we never moved around. Well, we didn't travel a whole lot. I always, I feel like out of the six of us, had this desire to explore the world and to learn about other cultures, but we um, didn't have the means to it. And in college, I finally studied abroad in Spain and sort of opened my eyes. You know, I, tr- I chose to go to the most city-like school that was still within driving distance from my house, which was UMass Amherst. And I think that just that draw and then being in a metropolitan area like, you know, Boston, having two children of my own and still not being able to afford to travel, I wanted to make sure they were exposed to other perspectives as well and that they were not only seeing the cultural diversity around them, but that they were actually learning and learning about, you know, different cultures, but also about how to talk about differences. Mm. So that actually is what caused Culture Kids to be born. I, I really just was talking to some other moms about some programs I had created for my kids. They showed an interest and I began to just develop more and more material. My husband and I decided to found it as a nonprofit organization, which is what we did. Uh, He was in grad school at Boston College at the time. We were poor, subsidized living, food stamps, whole nine with two kids and launching this nonprofit. So anyway, it's been it's been a journey, but um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I can't imagine. You're the definition of bravery, too. Wow. Doing all that, you know, um, despite some of the challenges, that's really cool to hear. You know, you, you mentioned briefly uh, two failed businesses, and I, I don't necessarily want to hear like what they were, what, what you did, but I am interested in what you learned, right? Because I think failure is actually a great thing because it teaches us so much. So in, in terms of what you experienced there, what were maybe some of the biggest takeaways you had? Sure. Yeah. Uh, one, one business was called Growing Artists, and I have a background, dual degree in art and Spanish, and it actually focused on developing art curricula, but also incorporating other disciplines like history or science or things, but depending on what the child was most interested in, I would just sort of develop it around their interests. I would say that showed me or taught me my love of creating curricula. So what I took away from that, I still use today, and that hasn't gone anywhere. The other business was, you know, event planning and catering, which I do love cooking. Anything creative, if I were to claim I'm an expert in anything, it would be creativity. And 
that I enjoyed, but I learned I would never, ever want to do that for a career because you are on your feet all the time. It is exhausting. Mm. So uh, while the genesis of Cultured Kids did provide some programs that incorporated other uh, cuisine from around the world, uh, we aren't currently focused on that right now. And we've gone a little deeper over the years. But so I guess in that case, I took away something I didn't like (laughs) and decided (laughs) I didn't want to do. But uh, we do sometimes still incorporate the cuisine aspects. So sure, sure. Well, yeah. If you want to make meaningful change, you gotta you gotta get into the depth, right? Mm-hmm. And so absolutely, that's, that's something you do. And uh, I, I'd love to hear. So let's talk about let's talk about what it looks like to play deeply with cultured kids, right? So when schools collaborate with you and partner with you. What, what does that look like? And what's what's the need or the problem you're solving for students in schools? Right. So student belonging and their sense of belonging is priority number one for us. But right. we feel like in order to attain that, there are a couple other steps ahead of that. So initially, we focus on student identity development, positive identity development. When you consider belonging and this need to be authentic with others and to trust others, You can't do that unless you know yourself. So a lot of children, especially in metropolitan areas, coming from multicultural backgrounds, living globally, you know, here in D.C., as you consider, you know, military or um, diplomatic families, they students grow up with a can grow up with a fractured identity and having pieces of different cultures and not bringing that together in one unified way. So through the identity portion of our materials, we just try and engage students' curiosity about themselves. Mm. And then from there, we progress to empathy. And we really focus on uh, how to put yourselves in another's shoes, to consider another's perspective, to value each other's perspectives, even if they're different. And that helps to build trust as we move into kind of this sense of belonging and really developing trust in the community or in the classroom community or the school community. Uh, The programs we design overlap those social emotional competencies with cultural competencies. So we're considering both as we develop programs and the outcome is always really to enhance that, that student belonging on a whole. Yeah, well, that's great. Belonging, identity formation or exploration, you know, the curiosity that's embedded. Those are all just such great, valuable aspects. Uh, I'd love to hear a bit about, you know, what what the program looks like. And, you know, you send me books from time to time, which is really sweet of you to do and uh, always brings a huge smile to my face. I love reading them and just thinking about like why you chose that one for me or whatever. But yeah, can you talk a bit more in detail, like in terms of like some of the program stuff and if you have a favorite book, you know, that you'd want the ruckus maker to consider when it comes to these concepts of culture and identity and stuff, you know, what would you recommend? Sure. Yeah. Well, the closing circle program, which is our newest, really strengthens learner curiosity and creates deeper community connections. Mm -hmm. And it's a, you know, three session a week for 15 minutes that uh, challenges students to, with different mindsets, divergent, convergent, 
and metacognitive thinking processes and provides um, an opportunity for student voice around what we just shared about identity, empathy, and belonging. And when we consider what materials we're bringing to children, children's literature is a huge part of that. And we care that we're presenting authentic stories. And we care about the uh, author's uh, being native or, or understanding the cultures that are being represented in the stories. We care about making sure that all of the uh, students in the classroom and the community all feels represented, which is really challenging sometimes to find uh, children's literature written in English, but about or relating to other cultures globally. Uh, so in regard to uh the books specifically, and I've sent, I don't know how many I've sent, and I'm probably overdue at sending one. Um, but I, I love, how about, I love Jacqueline Woodson. You know, any of her books are fantastic. We have the What Do You Do With an Idea by Kobe Yamada. I mean, that's that might have um, been more, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, I love, I love the artistry and I, and I love the message, you know, and it's, it's more about bravery and, and not being afraid to share your ideas, even though others may think they're strange. And of course, that, you know, is personal to me as well. And you have me on the spot. And there's like this whole list. Oh, you've already, we, Kristen, you, you've yeah. already <laughs> said enough, you know, pointing people towards those, uh, that one author in the book about ideas you sent me. So that that's absolutely more, more than enough. So very cool. Um, appreciate that. Well, I'm enjoying our conversation, Michelle. I think we'll take a break real quick here to get a message in from our sponsors. And then I'd actually want to dig in a little bit more about closing circles uh, in the next part of our conversation. Learn how to recruit, develop, retain, and inspire outstanding individuals and teams to deliver on the vision of your school in leading people. A certificate in school management and leadership course from Harvard. Topics include instrumental and inclusive leadership, hiring and recruiting teachers, psychological safety, equity, role modeling, and more. Leading People runs from February 2nd to March 2nd, 2022. Apply by January 21st. Enroll by January 27th. Get started at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. That's betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. Are you automatically tracking online student participation data during COVID? Innovative school leaders across the country have started tracking online student participation using TeachFX because it's one of the most powerful ways to improve student outcomes during COVID, especially for English learners and students of color. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. Today's show is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder develops the skills and habits all students need for success. During these uncertain times of distance learning and hybrid education settings, Organized Binder equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning routines so that all students have an opportunity to succeed, whether at home or in the classroom. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. 
All right. And we're back with Michelle Goldschlag, who's the co-founder and CEO of Cultured Kids. Let's talk a little more about, about closing circles. You know, I got the idea that you do them uh, three, three times a week. I think you said 15 minutes, but what, what's, the, what's the value there for those, right? Like, why would you encourage a ruckus maker to integrate closing circles into his or her school? Well, I think that the primary reason is curiosity. Uh, students in school today are asked numerous questions, but not provided an opportunity to ask questions themselves. Um, and I just want to shout out to the Right Question Institute in Cambridge, Massachusetts, because I actually took a course through uh, the Harvard Graduate School of Education with them to learn about this technique that Cultured Kids uses for Closing Circle to really dig into that curiosity. And I mean, if you think about it, getting providing students a deliberate and structured opportunity to ask questions, and that's all they're, they're focused on day one is, is asking questions. Uh, it normalizes questions. It can take away fear of asking later you know, in the day. And if students, even like my son, struggles to, to ask a question during their class, providing opportunities to make it normal and it's just a regular thing helps. Uh, so I think that just providing that structured time and if, if students are provided opportunities to be curious and ask questions, then it's just going to like the cycle will continue and you'll, you'll have more questions and you'll be more curious. So I think we need that, right? When you consider jobs that those kids are going to have a decade or two from now, nobody knows what that's going to be like. And we all need to be asking more questions. Yeah, that's, I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of my success can be tied back to the type of questions I ask, right? The, the show format is about questions in terms of having a conversation with awesome guests like you, but then within the mastermind one-on-one, -on -one, you know, coaching experiences, like all, I'm a question collector, right? And uh, it's made a really nice life for myself. So to inspire that curiosity, that question, to get on that generous cycle, which inspires more curiosity, more questions, what a, what a wonderful thing to integrate within a school. So cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know when this releases, you'll have a webinar coming up and uh, I think that's free to enjoy. So what is, what's the webinar about? What, what will you be teaching during this yeah. experience? So it's on December 9th at 5 Eastern time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it's going to be for 90 minutes, but the first 60 minutes will actually allow uh, participants to actually or to engage actively with something called the question formulation technique. And really, it's just an opportunity to get them thinking, asking questions, evaluating questions that they ask, improving questions. So it's, it's really all about questions. And then the last 30 minutes is going to be an opportunity for them to actually ask me questions about closing circle or culture kids or how, you know, what their relationship is like, how they can implement it in their school. I just want to make sure that we are uh, practicing what we preach, I guess. Brilliant. I've made the connection. It wasn't the book launch party. You were at the webinar. So I was at the those, webinar. Yeah, yes. Both of, both of those happened in a similar time frame. Yes. That's where I saw your friend. I was at the webinar. So, okay. I'm going to ask you when we're done recording. Yeah. But uh, cool. Now, now I realize I'm just sort of crazy, not super crazy. Okay. 
<laughs> awesome. So that's going to be a really great webinar. We'll have a link for the Ruckus Maker in the show notes. If you want, you know, just to focus more on curiosity and questions, you definitely want to check this out. Sounds like a great investment of 90 minutes. Since you run a nonprofit, I think Giving Tuesday is like an important thing in your world. You know, I didn't even know about it until I knew, you know, have had the pleasure to get to know you. So tell us about Giving Tuesday. What is that all about? Oh my goodness. Well, the bane of my existence. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, you know, seriously though, I am a creator. I am not a fundraiser. And uh, it is shocking that Cultured Kids has made it as far as we have because it's been six years and I haven't taken ownership of this job to fundraise. So this year is special because we have our newly designed donor program and we will be uh, launching that on Giving Tuesday. And Giving Tuesday is an annual day for any altruistic philanthropi- philanthropist to give uh, to a cause that that they, um, you know, just share share their mission or share their cause. So we're we're excited about that. I feel as though I'm finally in a position to take ownership over this fundraising part of my job. And um, looking forward, you know, to this year and having that be something that's that's new and challenging and that I get to learn from. I'm sure there's a leadership lesson there, too. So what what had to shift in your brain, right, to take that ownership? Uh, I would say a couple things. I mean, of course, mindset is a huge part of it. But also for the past two years, I have been homeschooling my son, so limited in regard to work hours. And I had been uh, serving as our board president as well. And we have now uh, a new board president. So I'm relinquishing that duty and transitioning um, all those responsibilities to her. And so I, I'm i ready to run, Danny. I don't know. It, it's taken a while. And maybe this just happens and some people like warm up over time. But uh, it's been six years. I'm ready to run and see what we can do. That's awesome. I like that, that description too, ready to run. And uh, yeah, you know, the leadership lessons, what I heard is so mindset, always working on that, you know, trying to, we all have upper limit challenges is what Gay Hendricks calls them in the one big leap uh, in limiting beliefs, right? And that, that, that isn't good. Those are constraints you don't want that force you to play small. So it sounds like you've been doing the hard work because it's not easy to, to bust through those. Um, but also then being able to find the right team, you know, and as a founder of Better Leaders, Better Schools like you, man, we own so much, you know, but things get infinitely better when you start to hand it off. Case in point in my leadership, you know, this year, we, by the time this is out, we'll have three new cohorts that I don't lead within the mastermind community, which means awesome. that we're able to serve, right, and impact so many more leaders. And I'm like, dang, we probably could have done that much faster and helped a lot more people if I would have gotten out of my own way and focused on really nurturing and, and finding the right people and building the right team. So uh, anyways, thanks for sharing a bit of your story because it inspired me to reflect on my journey a little bit too. I will say as well, you know, I support cultured kids. That's something I'm very proud to do. And so we will have a link uh, figuring out how to point ruckus makers to your donor program. And if that is something that you believe in, you should absolutely support it. It's a great thing. So I can't encourage you enough to check that out. 
Yeah. And in regard to the books too, Danny, uh, one of our giving levels, we um, are automatically enrolling donors into a monthly book club. And we have a partnership with Lee and Lowe Books, which is the largest publisher of multicultural literature in the U.S. And we'll be sending out a book monthly to whoever it is they choose. They can, they can use it for themselves if they have children at home or if they have a teacher that they want to gift it to or somebody else. But we're really excited about that and uh, just building a collection with Lee and Lowe and then blessing our donors or whoever they choose through that as well. Very cool. So it sounds like you have different levels that people can choose to be a, be a donor if, that, if I'm hearing you right. We do. Yes. And if I can share another really cool thing. <laughs> yeah, of course. This is, you're, you're the guest. <laughs> our very first banner, um, and our logo is much different now, uh, our very first banner that we hung outside the Cambridge Community Center in Cambridge, Mass. And a shout out to Valentino. He's still there and he's such an integral part of the community. But we are cutting it up and we're making bookmarks because books are so special to us. And so anybody who gives, we're going to mail a bookmark to. And um, also another level provides what do you do with an idea, which is is the book that we were talking about earlier. But I, I am really excited. But I think the other side of that is uh, at Culture Kids, you know, we're all focused on community and every part of our team, including our donor program, we want to build community with. So we're really just looking forward to get getting others involved that can share our mission. Brilliant. All right. Well, Michelle, I love to ask uh, the last two questions of all my guests. So number one for you, if you could put a message on all school marquees just for a single day around the world, what would your message read? Uh, I would say curiosity is the catalyst for change. And I know you mentioned in my bio about, um, you know, curiosity in regard to belonging as well. And I think that it could be the catalyst for any change. You know, we have to be curious enough to ask questions, to learn. And it's only then that we'll be, be able to break down some walls or biases or fears or things like that. So yeah, curiosity is a catalyst for change. Brilliant. And you're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. How would you build your dream school, Michelle? And what would be the top three priorities? Okay, so number one, I'm thinking a campus like the Google campus. So people can have a picture in their minds, but freedom to work where you want to work, a lot of outdoor space, activity, open spaces, indoors, you know, sun, let the sunlight in. So that's a Google campus. Mass customized learning. I read a couple books and Gosh, uh, Charles Schwann and Beatrice McGarvey, but it's actually, uh, the, the work is very collaborative. Like there are a lot of authors and editors involved in the work, but the idea that we can develop learning for students based on their own unique interests. So mass customized learning would be a huge part of it in regard to academics. And then uh, a very horizontal learning structure rather than vertical. So you would have students uh, learning together based on those interests and skills and potentially even with adults that are interested in similar topics and not have it be so horizontal. So those those three things. Great. Or sorry, not have it be so vertical. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Cool. Well, we covered a lot of ground today, Michelle. So of everything we talked about today, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? I, I would say that 
Building community and enhancing curiosity takes work. So if we're not deliberate about our actions, you're not going to get there. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed. Mm-hmm.